0: What the hell
1: is the name of this thing? It's Wayne World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my finger. Kevin
2: Sherring. Kevin Sherring, Kevin think i number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-shoe.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ballsy, the football edition. I'm Evan Grant, along with Barry Horn. You said that with a sigh always a sigh when I introduce you, Barry. And we are joined by David Moore, who is in California, I believe. David, are you there?
3: I believe I am here. Your voice sounds lower, Evan.
1: Uh, is that like a sexy lower, or is this too low for you?
3: No, no, it's just, more gravitas, I think. It's not as any sexual overtones as far as oh, I'm concerned. Sexual. You'll have to ask Barry. But just well, well
2: I, I do want to bring out that when Evan walked in this, I said, Evan, you look different this morning. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in a, in a while. And he, t- he informed me he shaved Orf off his goatee. Shaved off. Shaved off. Dan Deerorf. He shaved off his goatee, and I didn't even realize that. He looks much younger. I look 50.
3: Could you tweet that picture out, please?
2: No.
1: It looks... Mostly if you drew like a egg uh, the Twitter Avi and <laughs> put
2: Twitter a egg, yeah.
1: put a couple of eyes on it that would look like me
2: and and for those <laughs> for those people who want to get a visualization of how this thing works Evan has moved seats he used to sit opposite me and, and you and your seat which is now your seat it used to be Kevin Sherrington's seat Evan has moved into your seat David how do you think about what do you think about that
3: well I just assume Kevin's out,
2: so Evan can do whatever he wants.
1: <laughs> well, we we are anxiously awaiting Kevin's return. We really are. We miss Kevin. Uh, we know he's having a great time in Rio, um, and he's gotten a chance to do some amazing things, watching all kinds of Texas uh, Olympians.
2: Well, he here's one thing he hasn't gotten done. He hasn't gotten robbed at gunpoint. We, As far as we as know. As far as
1: we know. As far as we know. David. Speaking of robbed at gunpoint, how could the Cowboys blow this big lead Saturday night?
3: <laughs> Evan, don't focus on the second half. Focus on the first half. That's what Cowboy fans are doing.
1: I know. It's the first preseason game, David, and we really should be optimistic, shouldn't we?
3: Oh, of course. And, a- and actually, I will say, uh, based off years of preseason tedium and uh, really no sort of offensive Uh, expertise early in the preseason, even when the starters are out there over the last four or five years. Uh, What happened in the first half at the Coliseum uh, on Saturday qualified as an offensive revelation for a preseason. And uh, I I think it was, you know, obviously we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. I I thought uh, uh, he's certainly open to rave reviews.
2: How did did he not win the Heisman Trophy last year? I'm stunned.
3: Based off that
2: performance, that's a illegitimate question. I was just Josh in there, by the way. Uh, David,
1: I, I have no idea why Barry goes into that into those tangents. All right, so what did we really like about Dak Prescott from the first game? Before we get into some of the unusual aspects of of this being a, a first exhibition game, I mean, you know, we were—I actually was having dinner with the family on Saturday night. My stepson was back in town, and. Um, and he was talking to me during the game and it was on a TV at the restaurant we were at. And we talked a little bit and and damned if there was any way that I could offer him any kind of observations about what you could take away from a first preseason game, because the starting quarterback didn't play a snap. But he didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. And yet not get hurt. And yet, it was important for the starting wide receiver to play a few snaps, and he did catch a touchdown. Uh, and yet, we're and we're all talking about Dak Prescott, who, as far as we know, is probably going to enter the season as, well. I guess maybe now he's on the board as as, as a real backup, but I think the plan was for him to enter the season as, as the number three at best.
3: Oh sure, and and I would say, even despite the uh, the accolades being thrown out at the moment. That is still the plan to to bring him in as the number three quarterback. With that being said, if he's able to duplicate this performance on some level in the second preseason game and then the third preseason game, you know the, the Cowboys' stance of let's be patient with this and see what we have in these guys before we rush out on the market to bring in a veteran backup. I think it alters a little bit, uh, and and I'm not saying you still don't get a veteran backup, but if he looks good enough. Maybe you say, you know what? Let's just bring in a guy that can hold us for a few games early if we're still uncertain about that, and give him a little bit more time. But this guy is coming on quicker than we anticipated. Well, I think now, I think now that is in the discussion more so than it was before this preseason game.
1: Well, certainly one of the advantages, and I don't know if we if, if we have discussed this, but one of the advantages of the injury to Kellen Moore as early as it did happen is the ability to give Prescott so many reps both in practice and now in exhibition games. And and, and, and that does give him a chance to kind of accelerate his learning process, does it not?
3: Yeah, and, and before we talk about what he did in the game, I would go back to that fourth day of practice when Kellen Moore went down. And following uh, the, the quarterback competition from that point on in training camp, uh, I, I think is really very, it, it shows a lot, because in those first three to four days after Kellen Moore went down, uh, not just my observation, but most people out here felt that Jamil's showers looked much better. Uh, he had a better command, he was more decisive, he took the ball where it needed to go, um, he just looked more settled back there. Very quickly, Dak Prescott not only caught up, but passed him. And so in the practices leading up to the preseason game, in those three or four practices leading up to it, when you would watch them, you said, wow, Dak is clearly playing better right now than Jameel Showers. And then he gets in that game, and to respond the way he did, when you look at where he was and what the thinking of him was on the fourth day of this camp to where it is right now, Uh, I hate to use the word exponential, but I can't think of another one right now. His his progress has been so dramatic that it's forcing them to say, okay, maybe, you know, yeah, we went in with a plan that this guy was going to be the third you know, string quarterback and we develop him. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's ready to be the number two right away and we don't have to spend on a veteran. Uh, Let's see this play out a little bit more. And I I think – those discussions are going on, and I would say, you know, much like a couple of years ago when they get Zach Martin in, they go, you know what? We'll put him at guard for a year just because it fits our line, and then we can swing him outside to tackle. They put him at guard, and they go, why in the world are we ever going to put this guy at tackle? He's a Pro Bowl guard. So, while you have something in mind, you have to be open enough to allow the the competition and the athlete to play out and dictate what's going to happen. I, and uh... This this could be a case where Dak Prescott has accelerated the plan they have in place for him. If
2: his if he is accelerating to use your word exponentially, another word, will we have a quarterback controversy by what week? Week four or week five? When if Tony Hunt has a bad game? Stop it. Well, well, I'm just, uh, you won't but,
3: have but, a controversy. You will have people. You will have people. You know throwing out oh if only we had back why not use him but i don't i wouldn't call that a controversy oh, I'd, I'd call that today's social media world
2: I, I was just joshing with you you know that right the I know knee-jerk that. world but you'll
3: is, be writing about
2: it I, and we'll be having headlines on it and uh, we'll be and, <laughs> we'll, and have uh, we'll have a podcast on it we'll have a podcast on it well we're spending a podcast right now that's kind of the second or third
1: podcast we've spent on the guy who should end up as the number three quarterback for this team.
2: So, what, what, what would you like to be talking about with the Cowboys right now?
1: I, I don't know. That, that's the question. You know, and, <laughs> here, let me ask you a question, David. And obviously, I've not I've not paid as close attention to the formulation of of exhibition season uh, in the NFL in recent years. But how many snaps should we expect to see Tony take? over the course of this exhibition season?
3: I would, my estimate based on what they've done in previous years would be that he would take in the range of five to nine snaps in this game coming up against Miami on Friday. And then he would play uh, a half or maybe probably just a half of that third preseason game in Seattle. So however many snaps that is. Um, and, and some of that is, to use a Jerry word, fungible. fungible. You know, maybe he's on the field in, in the second game, uh, in this Miami game, for 13 snaps. Sure. Well, maybe he handed off nine of them. Right. You know. Um, so, but as, far, but as far as the exposure in, in game two, uh, it's going to be limited. Uh, he'll get close to a half. Uh, in in the third game, depending how it plays out, and then he won't he won't touch the field in the fourth game, and he won't resurface until the regular season, which I always find odd that you, and this is a formula most teams follow: their starters play at least a half or into the third quarter uh, of the preseason game. You know, some of that has to do with how they're playing. If you remember a few years ago, they were so bad, the starters actually played deep into the third quarter of, of the third preseason game before shutting it down. But still, then you're they don't have any more action until the opener, and, and that's 12, 13 days away. So it's just been always very odd to me how they how they start and stop and then start again to get these guys ready. But and it's pretty much we uh, you see it league-wide.
1: That is, that is one thing I've never understood is, you know, you, you talk about uh, getting ready for the season, and there does seem to be some real break in the rhythm for every team. When they put on, when they, when they use the fourth exhibition, the final exhibition, is nothing more than a chance to look at the last couple of guys on the roster and not get any first teamers real work.
3: No, and the only first teamers that will get work are guys who missed a lot of time in preseason. Uh, like you'll see if, if Mo Claiborne in, in re- past years has missed like the first three preseason games. They'll play him in the fourth just to get him you know, right. game-ready, they call it. Uh, you know, DeMarco Murray a few years ago uh, had a hamstring and didn't play much in the preseason, so he popped up in the fourth preseason game. Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see how it plays out with him. If he doesn't play in the first three, I, I would anticipate he would play in the third. I don't know about the second, but uh, if he doesn't play in the third, I would anticipate they would get him some carry uh, in the fourth game. In which case, they would say, okay, let's get our starting offensive line out there for a few snaps in the fourth game and let him run behind them so he can at least get a feel for it in, in live time action. So, uh, but but this also goes back and speaks to, you know, the, the start of the season is really so unpredictable, and there are so many – if you look at it, there are more turnovers, there are more unpredictable results. And it, to me, it has to do with none of these teams have a rhythm because they – they start and stop, and they want to make sure everyone's healthy for the long haul. And in making sure they're healthy for the long haul, I would argue none of these teams are, are in a good rhythm usually to open the season. Now that doesn't mean you don't see teams start out six and zero and seven and zero and 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 really cement their playoff spots by how they perform early, but they're usually not at their most crisp in execution early in the season, and, and it's because of the schedule, everyone.
2: Oh, is, has adopted. David, give us a headline. Are you picking the Cowboys to start six and 7 and zero? No, I am not. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Uh, besides Prescott, was there anybody else who caught your eye in their performance uh, against the Rams? I, I I thought Cedric Thornton had a pretty good effort.
3: What did you like about Cedric Thornton's effort?
2: Uh, he, he's he's he is a body in the middle of that line who seems yes to- he is. He's a big body in the middle of that defensive line. A, def- a defensive line that is very thin now, and he is like 300 pounds, so that's good. But, but, but he's a, he seems to be a, somewhat of a presence out there. Now, I haven't reviewed the, the, the tape or the film yet. Barry, what is your tape room like at home? It's, it's very disappointing. People come to my home and they say, is this where you watch TV? I go, yeah, it's a TV. I have a giant Big screen. Come on, tapes. you've got
1: a film room where you're screening tapes and and grading out linebackers. Not football tapes. And
3: Your little movie seat chair.
1: Yeah, so I don't want to know what kind. I don't know. I don't want to know what kind of tapes. I, he's I watched grading
2: Shaw, out. Shawshank, Daily and my cousin Vinny <laughs> almost <laughs> weekly. Th- those are my two. My two. Go- two
3: films that deserve to be put in the same breath. I would mention
2: Thank. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Also, okay, Citizen Kane, okay? Does that make you feel better? No. You Want me to get some truffo yeah. so we'll, in I'll there?
3: Three in together, please. Yeah. So,
2: but uh, did anybody catch, and and thanks for asking me, thanks for including me in the conversation, David, something. Evan, Evan is here, and he's, like, trying to box me out. But let, let me ask you, did anybody, have you heard, anybody who is who has watched the tape, has, has anybody said, wow, this guy had a really good game? Well, I
3: mean, you it was encouraging to see Dez Bryant do what he did in that game. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's not a surprise. You would expect Dez to get back to that point, and we've seen it more and more in practice. He just reinforced that. Uh, people had questions about Terrence Williams after last year. Um, I, I didn't so much just because I, ne- I didn't think he was a lead receiver, which was borne out last year, but I think he's a very strong complimentary receiver when you have Dez on the other side. Uh, I thought he played well. But yeah, I mean, you're looking for young guys in that game, and Nasacha, the linebacker who had an early pick, uh, he's an interesting guy that that you hear you've heard his name mentioned periodically during this off season. Before he got hurt last year, uh, they really liked him. Uh, they liked his uh, not only his his speed, but uh, they felt he was a a very physical guy, and this defense needs more physical players. So uh, him popping up and in making a play uh, i thought was significant so um you know secondary it, it was hard to tell um i'm not sure how well equipped the rams were to to hit the ground throwing um you know second half got away from them but uh they were, again you keep it in the context that these are a lot of guys who aren't going to be playing in the in the regular season now i know you're saying well the rams say the same thing well it doesn't matter if those guys don't make the team either you know they, you're just not going to put yourself in those situations in, uh, in those games. The Cowboys, the Cowboys just wanted players out there to compete in the second half to evaluate. They weren't trying to execute any sort of game plan or anything. And, and actually, you know, I thought Jameel Showers, uh, well, he didn't have nearly the cast of characters to work with that Dak Prescott did, uh, did some nice things. Um, made one that nice play in that, that big throw to Vince Mayo. Um, so I, I think there was, there was reason to be encouraged with showers as well. Again, we're talking about players to be encouraged with Prescott and Prescott in showers who the Cowboys hope never, ever see the field this season.
1: Right. And,
2: and, you
1: know, let me say this. Barry's having some issues with him. I'm
2: having issues. You're stepping on my cord. headset. No, you're stepping on my cord. No, you're stop, sabotaging me. Stop whining already. Uh, David,
1: the, let me, This Cowboys team, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we've raised some questions about oh, what the defense will be like this year um, and that that might be something of an issue um, and that there's a lot of starters who will be missing for the first month or so of the season. Uh, So should anybody read anything into the fact that the Rams scored 21 unanswered points against Cowboy reserves in the second half? Well, you
3: know, I mean, that's the, that's the point. Some of those reserves are going to be in the game uh, yep. early in this season. Now, But, but even in this game, even the, even some of the reserves they expect to have back weren't in this game. So, um, you know, Tyron Crawford would be out there. He wasn't out there in this game. They're going to have Benson Mayowa and uh, Malik Collins should work their way back in. Uh, Charles Tapper, their fourth-round pick, didn't play because of a back injury. You know, they only had three active defensive ends for this game, and one of them was picked up off the waiver wire about four days ago. So even uh, – and Demarcus Lawrence wasn't out there. Of course, he's not going to be out the first four games, but he's looked very good in this training camp. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly reason to be, have concern on the on the defensive front, and they need to figure out who's going to be where. You know, you saw Jack Crawford at, at left defensive end. David Irving at, at left defensive end. Uh, I think when you go into the season, since you have not seen, you know, they they signed Vincent Mayo in free agency to be a key defensive end reserve. I would say they need him to start those first four games now. If he's not the starter, it's either going to be Crawford or Irving, and neither one of them are really equipped for that right defensive end. Right. Uh, they don't have that burst you like to see. Uh, I'm not sure Mayo is either, but he's probably the closest that, that you could have over there. In fact, in this camp, They've been working DeMarcus Lawrence on the right side a lot more than the left side. And I think it's just because they feel they don't have a true premium pass rusher, uh, the, what you consider a true pass rush defensive right end on the roster right now without, uh, without Randy Gregory being here. So uh, that's where they're really in the bind on that right defensive end. I think they have some guys who can hold down the left side. But what are you going to do on the right side? And to me, that's what uh, these next three games are going to be about. Not only who's going to start at right defensive end for you, but but who else in the world can you put in that rotation at right defensive end that can give you anything?
2: a right defensive end, we should say, is the is the pass rush defensive end correct, David?
3: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is, they, they don't have as many run responsibilities as the left defensive end. It, it,
2: it's the guy you, you.
3: Most teams are right-handed, so they run to the right more, which goes towards your left defensive end.
2: Right, and, and you can come in blindside on the quarterback from there too. Correct?
1: Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. In theory, yes. Barry, uh, I'm giving you an opportunity to talk. Well,
2: Evan, no, no, I, and I appreciate that. But now that we're talking real X's and O's, you look lost. I'm completely lost. I,
1: I just, I'm lost. Yeah, I, my my feeling about this Cowboys camp remains that it will all be about the defense, and that they've got significant defensive answers to to come up with, and. And so the fact that Dak Prescott went out there and played really well in the opening exhibition um, is nice, but doesn't—I mean, it doesn't really jazz me up that much. Uh, There's—I I don't know that there's anything to you. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's anything that you can get jazzed up about after a first exhibition game. I, I you know, people come to me every year after the first Rangers uh, spring training game, and they want to know about this guy and that guy and the other guy. And really, it goes through the first week or, or so, and you know, you tell them it doesn't matter. Would, would
2: you get jazzed up if the Rangers scored a run in, here in the next couple of innings? Save that for another podcast. Okay, I,
1: I just want to know what I just <laughs> want. I just want to know what excites you. But I just I, I is there anything that that uh, there's no real reason to be jazzed up about Dak Prescott? Because as you said, you hope the guy never takes a snap this year. Um.
3: Well, there be jazz, there's reason to be excited about the future and that maybe you have someone in here you can develop and there will be a transition for the time that Tony Romo leaves. Now, I'm not putting all of that into one game, but it's showing you you're starting to build a foundation where maybe you feel that potential is there.
2: Yeah. I, so, I, I, but,
3: again, you're right. That makes you feel better about the future of the
2: team. But what about the present? But But it's okay to go, hey, uh, here's a guy that might have a future and I think people yeah. should feel good about that.
1: No, that, that absolutely. I, I just don't know that I, I think again in football, you know, you look every year as it's this year. You know, you don't look at, at, at teams that are developing. You you expect that with the parity of the league you've got a shot every year. And injuries and, and Yeah. And so I look at, at exhibition season as what are you what are you accomplishing for for your goals for 2016 and I I guess my my view is going to be skewed all this month by whatever happens with with the defense and I I, it's still going to be a giant unknown until we get into the regular season I mean that we can sit here and analyze that all we want but until we get into the regular season it's going to be a giant unknown.
3: David, and so that, Prescott, that Prescott and his development is a shiny object, which is distracting you from what needs to be done at the moment. I like
1: shiny improving objects. Improving this defense.
3: Yes. Yeah. Every, everyone does, which is why their eyes are, are drawn to it. But at the end, what have you done defensively and, and, and how good can you feel about that going into the season? Right. That's the, the meat I don't know how good they can feel.
1: That's the meat of camp, right? I mean, that's the absolute meat is you've got to come up with some answers on defense, and, and, and there are significant answers.
2: David, the extension of yeah. tra- yeah. And
3: there have been none yet. You know, the, the defensive line that you want to play for the majority of this season has not been out there working together yet. Right. Uh, you know, Tyron Crawford just came back to practice last week. Cedric Thornton missed practice and just came in last week. Terrell McClain, uh had a toe injury and just came back into practice last week. Ben and Malik Collins haven't been in practice yet. They may work themselves in this week. So these are all guys who are uh, going to be a big part uh, of what's happening in that defensive front and haven't been there.
2: David, let, let's let's. Barry go. just let out a monster I, yawn. I, <laughs> well, well, oh, oh, do you want to get cameras in here now and, 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 and get us? Yeah, that would really – Listen, I tried to get you in mid shoe once. So. Yeah, but but here's here's my question: the Travis Frederick signing, the uh, extension of the contract, uh, certainly not not a surprise. Everybody knew that was coming, thought it was coming. But um, is there any nugget from that that w- that we should uh, we should focus on?
3: Well, no, I mean it. Um, it was expected, and it's they're committed to keeping this offensive line together. They feel it is the core of the team going forward. It's going to give them. It's going to allow them to have success once Tony Romo is no longer here. Uh, this was the second big part. They have Tarn Smith long-term. Now they have Travis Frederick long-term. Now they have to get Zach Martin uh, locked in long-term. It's going to be interesting because very few teams are able to lock in four Pro Bowl-quality offensive linemen. They just don't invest that much money in one position because it leaves you short elsewhere.
2: Um
3: I think the Cowboys will try to do it, and they'll try to do something with Collins as well. See, I think Lyle Collins is going to be the most difficult of the four to get done because because of his circumstance. He would have been a first-round pick. Now he found himself as an undrafted free agent. So he lost a lot of money off of his draft position that he will try to make up in that contract that, that he feels should be made up. And arguably, arguably he's, he's right. Uh, but how do you accomplish that? And uh, still keep it within the framework of what Frederick gets, and what Tyron Smith gets, of what Zach Martin will get. Um, uh, Zach Martin is going to be a part of this team. They're obviously not going to let him go. So to me, the, uh, the the interesting negotiation going forward is going to be Lyle Collins as far as keeping this line largely intact.
2: And and, and he obviously has the feeling that uh, he got shortchanged the first go round, uh, big time. Sure, but but let because me... of a
3: you know, yeah yeah, he, he would have been a top. He would have been a top 10 to 15 pick easily, and he went undrafted because of the uh, circumstances and, and the questions surrounding him, which he was completely cleared of and was not tied to whatsoever.
2: Let, let, me, let me just uh, change the topic real quick here. Uh, I did Sports Day on the air on Fox Sports Southwest with Rick Goslin the other day, and has a plug for that. But Goose told me he is leaving either today or tomorrow to go to Canton, where, the, where they'll be voting on uh, Jerry Jones going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a, he's a candidate anyway as a contributor. Uh, Gil for the Br- candidate to be on the list that will be voted on. Later correct, later correct, year. correct. Gil Brandt is is, is on that list, uh, and right, he, he's they're not voting for, for him to go in the Hall of Fame, but yet bringing his name up. Uh, uh following Eddie De DeBartolo in. DeBartolo. and yeah, mm-hmm. De DeBartolo, Thank you for the correction. Um, sure. What What do you think about Jerry Jones Hall of Famer?
3: Well, I think he's clearly a Hall of Fame owner. I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. When you look at the success the franchise has had on the field, when you look at the what he has done from a marketing aspect, when you look at building the brand, when you look at the, the total worth of this franchise, the, the most valuable franchise in the world in sports, uh, the innovations he has brought to the league, uh, he's, he's, he was still a big mover and shaker in what we just saw take place in in that game in Los Angeles, the return of football to L.A. Uh, for the first time in 22, 24 years,
2: um,
3: he's, his impact on the league exceeds what he has done with the Dallas Cowboys. So I really haven't spoken to anyone who, I know people have problems with Jerry, and that's completely understandable, and they, they certainly have problems with how he has run this franchise. But even people i found, even critic to Jerry Jones, who don't find him to be a particularly good owner of the Cowboys will all say that he should be a Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame for his overall contribution to the sport.
1: I think I, I think that the criticisms of Jerry would always come down to he hasn't been a good general manager as an owner. Uh, his biggest weakness is he hasn't True. fired the yeah. general manager, which which he, which he's, but, which he's yeah. admitted right. But yeah, yeah, you're right on that. I I think that you could also make the the argument that over the last fifty years, um, the two biggest contributors to the National Football League have been individuals, have been Pete Rozelle and Jerry Jones. Uh, There's no doubt that he changed the face of this league dramatically since he took over the Cowboys. And you can't argue with the fact that as an owner, he's got three Super Bowl trophies. Uh, He's got the best the best stadium in the league now. Um, and he's got, as you've mentioned, the most valuable, most iconic franchise in this league. I, I listened to him on the ticket last week when he sat down with, uh, with, a, with the hard line. And um, it, Jerry was very candid about stuff. Uh, I, I think that he was also um, uh, very honest. That
2: did, did Jerry say candidly when he was being candid?
1: Uh, no, he did not. He, he said forthrightingly. <laughs>
2: he does do that sometimes, to, to be, candidly. Be candidly, or truthfully, like all the other times. It's not only Jerry, it's everybody else. <laughs> Are they not telling the truth when but, they don't say that?
1: But his explanations on why he was so uh, strong on getting Los Angeles to, to have a team again, his, 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 his explanations on why he was such an adamant um, kind of opponent of just renewing the TV rights when he first came in, to the league, and that they were undervaluing their TV rights. He brought Fox into the game. Yeah, he he's he's changed the game uh, dramatically. Uh, certainly, in my mind, for the positive, better than more than the the current commissioner. So, um, and, and you might even argue, you know, that uh, that while Paul Tagliabue oversaw a long and successful reign in the NFL, that Jerry made a bigger impact than Tagliabue. So. Uh, I do see him as being a Hall of Famer, and I don't really think that there should be much question about it. Will that get him into the Ring of Honor? That would be <laughs> interesting. Does
3: well, he have say over the Ring of Honor? I would think so. Uh,
1: I, today is a, is a great day. I'm inducting myself into I, I think the Ring he, of Honor. I think Honor.
2: he would step down. He, he would excuse himself from the room. Maybe he would put Stephen or Jerry Jr. or Charlotte in charge that year. Yeah, that, of, of the Ring of Honor, because that way
1: you would get a much more objective.
2: Uh, Listen, I,
1: I I think that his it's ring of Bear. honor, his Ring of Honor is AT and T Stadium. You know that 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 you don't you don't have to be part of the ring when you own the whole ring. So um, I I don't think that's that that big a deal to him, Barry.
3: And and the Star Complex. There's there's no other practice facility that is a multi use practice facility that is going to be. Uh, so, you know, like you have as a star now. This, this is this is upping the game, and this will be the next area, I think, because you know there's just so much teams can expand their footprint through stadiums, through TV and all of this, and, and you expand it by doing multi-use facilities around your practice facility. And, and uh, it, the Cowboys are in the forefront of that, and, and I think this is going to be a model –
1: it's going to be difficult for
3: some teams to even pull off, and, and some won't pull it off, won't have the resources.
1: Well, I nobody's going to pull it off area. on the same scale. On the scale. But yeah, yeah. I, but I think that other teams will, will see some benefit. incorporate and get, on a smaller level. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. They'll,
2: they'll, so you know the way Jerry's mind works. He's got the stadium. He'll have the practice. What He will have to have something to work on next. He will have to. He will go crazy if, if, if he's not working on something else. What, is there anything else out there that he, that he could put his mind to besides building a great well, football team?
3: Well, that's what visionaries do. They find the next thing out there. I'm not sure what it would be at this point, which I mean, which I believe puts me in the category of non-visionary.
0: Would, but would, would there inter- is
3: something else out there. You're exactly right. That's what motivates him. It's where to go. Now, I, I would argue probably the next realm they're going to try to, to go into more will be the uh, technological um, – you know, I I still think there's probably something else to be seen with this alliance with AT and T come out that that maybe we haven't seen yet some sort of interactive that's uh, experience for the fans that that isn't there at the
1: moment. Well, that no, that's a great point. I think that when you look at uh, on the technological level, um, and this is one of the the rare cases where where baseball seems to be ahead of the curve. But Major League Advance, uh, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, is considered the Crown Jewel, the Crown Jewel, and and is is, mm-hmm. is a multi billion dollar uh, entity, and I could see Jerry trying to get the league to to better monetize their their digital and internet um, internet capabilities. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly that's certainly one. I also think that you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. He has been a proponent of of NFL International, has he not? Yes, the past mm-hmm. Yes, and, and if 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 they bring to fruition some kind of legitimate international uh, expansion,
2: not to Mexico though, I promise you that right now, because Jerry sees Mexico as cowboy as cowboy as cowboy country. So I
1: I I think that they, that they probably have their eyes on on England pretty pretty strongly. I mean, that we're playing three games a year now in in London. Is that correct? Yeah, you're building. The,
3: I mean, you're not just building the base there to ignore it and go somewhere else. Yep. You're building the base there to try to. That's where you're going to plant your flag internationally, and then go from there.
1: Absolutely. You, you land in 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 London, and then you invade the rest of Europe that way. That's
2: that that's that's <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's poor. That's poor lang- <laughs> That's a poor use of the. Uh, yeah, I know. A poor simile or whatever that is. I, I know. Don't but, do that.
1: But he is. A, he is a visionary, and he has been. He has been good for the business and and for uh, the profile of the NFL. I, I do think there are occasions where, certainly, the league has gotten too big for its own britches and and doesn't necessarily um, act in, in in the best interests of of the communities that, that in which they reside. More so, they
2: or, or uh, about the the they're they're like you, Evan and and. They're all about themselves. They're all about themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, that's true, and so, and so am I. Aren't we all? Um, David, we uh, we probably should let you be going here. Um, well, thank you. Barry doesn't like you very much.
2: That's <laughs> come across o- only because in trying to to book David today, even though I don't think we we sh- we'd even need have to book him. Anymore. Barry's
1: getting as choked up as Prince Fielder. Right
2: no, now. no, no, in trying in trying in trying to get making time, you were so you were like, David, we'll do anything you want. Just just please come on the show. You have to be strong when we talk to David, okay? We, we we can't let him run the show. Barry, if
1: we had not had David on today, if I had not pleaded and begged with David,
2: I'd have had to look at you for the last 36 minutes with no breaks. I would have had to tell Jerry Jones. I, would, I, I wouldn't have had to disappoint Jerry Jones by telling him he couldn't be on. If you
1: get Jerry Jones on, there will be a little something extra in your paycheck. How much? There will be something. I will extra. Ha- you have challenged me. I will get it done. I I will
2: I will buy you a very expensive dinner. Double what he gets now. What let me ask you a question. Wait, sure, I, I want to get this on the record. What is very expensive?
1: I will give you a choice of three very nice restaurants in the Dallas Fort Worth area where me and my wife will take you and your Really, we want to see Sharon is what it comes down to. But we will take you and Sharon out to dinner at either, uh, let's say, Neighborhood Services. Oh, he's plugging. My
2: he's plugging now. He, was, he's looking, He's trying to get, a, get us a free dinner. Or Go spretza. ahead. Yeah, get
3: the comps at Neighborhood Services. Yeah, that's I don't uh, have any there. comps.
1: They're just appetizers. Sprezza, which I really enjoyed earlier this week. And uh, oh, an experience. one of, uh, we'll let you choose a third Okay, option. I'll do
2: that, but I want you to. Pledge right now, David and Cheryl. Ft thirty three, take Ft
1: thirty three. I want David and and you, lo- I don't. Ft thirty three is not my deal. Phil, I'm more
2: filament than Ft thirty three. I want, but okay, it, it'll be really. done. But David, I'm looking out for you here. Will you take bring David along with and Mrs. Moore? Yes. Okay. David, we're we're. But going. no halibut
1: for you, David. You
2: cannot have halibut. No <laughs> halibut. Did you just say <laughs> that? I'm for, in the mood for halibut did, at the moment. Did you say that for the halibut? Okay. Uh,
1: Tommy, can you cue the
2: music? Wait, wait, before note? we go, David, thanks, thanks for being with us. See impact, tell, please. Tell, uh, Evan, because we've been s- instructed to do this, how can people subscribe, do you know, to this podcast? Listen, if they go on Twitter to at Ballsy,
1: Sport, at Ballsy Podcast, all the instructions will be there. Or on your iPhone and in the iTunes store, look up Ballsy, B A L L Z Y. Podcast. We're so trendy. And um it will be right there.
2: And and another thing I was asked to, to have us do, and David you can if you're still here, we should all give our yeah, Twitter our, our Twitter handles. David, who you are? Yeah. What 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 are you?
3: <laughs> I think I'm I'm uh David Moore D M N something like that.
1: Oh thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. The David Moore is <laughs> at David Moore DMN.
3: At David Moore DMN.
1: And uh, if a picture of a uh, Roman sculpture comes up, you're in the right place. Okay. And, and Evan, you are? I am at Evan underscore
2: P underscore Grant. Could, couldn't you get a an easier tw- Twitter handle than that? Do you want to compare Twitter followers, Barry? No, 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 no. No, I know you have more. I know you have one or two more Twitter followers than I. Barry, what's your pod? Your your Twitter handle? I'm just at Beehorn 55 because I was born in 1955, and that's not going to change.
1: All right, Tommy, can you cue the music? David, it was been it was great. We'll see. You. We're going to have a
2: Rangers yeah, podcast yeah, coming great. up here.
3: Uh, that's great. Thanks so much. Oh,
2: all all right. Right. <laughs> we'll Bye. see you next week, David. Bye-bye. You, you're dying to tell us how, how many Twitter followers do you have? Tell us. Come on. A lot more. Come, on. More. Come on. Come on. A lot. Goodbye. Bye.